0: As the Rector of St Bride's Church Fleet Street may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons will continue each week, so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the tenth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep.
1: Be to save
2: us.
1: Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost.
3: The Old Testament reading is taken from the second book of Kings, chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant my husband is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbours, even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was, that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day, that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king, or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived, and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him, and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thy hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not, and if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them, and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him, and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead, and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, and prayed unto the Lord, And he went up and lay upon the child, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands, and stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet, and bowed herself to the ground, and took up her son, and went out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you.
4: The New Testament reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 16, beginning at the first verse. Then came Paul to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there, named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith, and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they assayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavoured to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Tras, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where a prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down, and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman, named Lydia, a seller of purple, the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptised and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Let us pray. with righteousness.
0: Let thy merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of thy humble servants, and, that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please thee, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. 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 Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In April 2016, a small group of us from St Bride's travelled through mainland Greece, taking part in a pilgrimage following in the footsteps of St Paul. We were able to visit all the significant places that feature in the New Testament account of his travels there. It was a journey that I found both fascinating and significant on all kinds of levels. Each evening, we would read one or more sections of scripture taken either from the book of Acts or from one of St. Paul's letters that referred to the places we would be visiting the following day so we could arrive at each of our destinations well-prepared and we would then read those same texts again on the actual site. And for me, this process not only helped to bring those New Testament passages to life in a completely new way, it also changed my perspective on St Paul and his ministry. My reason for mentioning this journey is that the text we heard as our New Testament lesson this evening? Was the passage from Acts with which the whole of our pilgrimage began? Our reading describes how Paul was travelling through Phrygia and Galatia, preaching the gospel throughout Asia Minor, what is now modern Turkey. One night, he had a vision in which a man of Macedonia, modern Greece, appeared to him, imploring him to come to them and to give them help. It was this vision that led St Paul to take the Gospel to Macedonia. He set sail and, as we heard in our reading, he landed at the port of Neapolis, And it was in Neapolis, the modern city of Kavala, that we spent the first night of our pilgrimage. The following day, our first full day in Greece, we visited the two other places mentioned in our reading from Acts. We went to the ruins of the ancient city of Philippi, where Paul was famously imprisoned, And on our way there, and very close to Philippi, we spent some time at a place slightly off the beaten track, which these days is called Lydia. As you can perhaps guess, it takes its name from the woman who features at the end of our reading from Acts, which tells how St Paul and his companion, went outside the city of Philippi to a riverside, which was a place of prayer, and spoke to the women who gathered there. And Lydia, described as a cellar of purple of the city of Thyatira, came and was baptised in the river there, together with her household. So the woman Lydia is often described as having been the first Christian convert to be baptised on European soil. And it was that baptismal site that we visited. We were just about the only people there at the time, which was lovely, because the setting was quiet and tranquil. Unsurprisingly, there is an orthodox place of worship there, the baptistry of St Lydia. But for me, far more atmospheric and evocative was the river itself. It is very modest in size, little more than a small winding stream. And one area surrounding it has been paved and a small outdoor auditorium has been created with raised levels of stone seating so that a congregation can gather there. Immediately opposite on the other side of the river and accessed by a small footbridge is a round stone altar. And it was there in the open air in the wonderful Greek sunshine that we renewed our baptismal vows using the river water in which Lydia herself had been baptised almost 2,000 years earlier, and we celebrated the Eucharist together. There have been a few moments in my life when I have felt connected to the ancient beginnings of the Christian story in a particularly powerful way, and that was undoubtedly one of them. There was a marvellous simplicity to those ceremonies held in a beautiful outdoor setting, surrounded by the sounds of nature. There we were in 2016, pilgrims from a very different world and a very different era, but nevertheless part of that same Christian story and sharing in those same rituals passed down to us by generations of Christians who have kept the faith alive across many, many centuries. What we did there felt life-giving in such a gloriously uncomplicated way, through the symbolic touch of river water, the blessing and breaking of bread, the sharing of a cup, of wine. And at that moment, we were fully part of the amazing story of death and resurrection, of new life and new hope, that is the good news that Paul was proclaiming throughout the Roman Empire, the Gospel of Christ. I love our worship at St Bride's. I love the words and the music, I love the tradition and everything that it stands for. I love the structure and the ceremonial of a church that has fed me and nurtured me in the faith throughout the whole of my life and continues to do so in a very special way in this particular church. But that experience in Lydia remains alive within my heart, because in stripping everything back to its bare essentials, as we did that sunny afternoon, it reminded me of the simple, central truths that undergird everything that we do here, Sunday by Sunday. It also reminds me of the importance of pilgrimage, because in making that kind of purposeful journey, you can discover anew the significance of the familiar life you have left behind you, which is also, of course, the life to which you shall, in due course, be returning, restored and refreshed, and with a renewed vision of what it is all for. By strange coincidence, in our choral Eucharist this morning, our post-communion prayer was itself on the theme of pilgrimage. So I shall leave you with its words. God of our pilgrimage, you have willed that the gate of mercy should stand open for those who trust in you. Look upon us with your favour, that we who follow the path of your will may never wander from the way of life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
5: Let us pray to God the Father, who has reconciled all things to himself in Christ. For peace among the nations, that God may rid the world of violence, and let peoples grow in justice and harmony. We pray for those who serve in public office, that they may work for the common good for our Queen and Government, for Members of Parliament and for the leaders of the nations. We pray also for journalists and in particular for those in harm's way in the course of their duties. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our our prayer for Christian people everywhere, that we may joyfully proclaim and live our faith in Jesus Christ. We pray especially for Justin our Archbishop, for Sarah our Bishop and Alison our Rector. We pray also today for the Scottish Episcopal Church, for Mark Strange, Primus and Bishop of Moray, Ross and Caithness. Also for the Church in Aarhus in Denmark and its Bishop Henrik Wig Poulsen In our own diocese we pray for the West Barnet Deanery and for its Deanery Synod. Lord, in thy mercy,
4: Hear our prayer. prayer.
5: For those who suffer from hunger, sickness, or loneliness, that the presence of Christ may bring them health and wholeness. We remember especially those in our parish community, in our city and elsewhere around the world, We continue to pray for those affected by the coronavirus pandemic, for the people of Beirut, for those affected by the derailment in Scotland this week, for refugees and asylum seekers. And we remember in the silence of our hearts, any others known to us who are in need at this time. we ask for your blessing upon them Lord in thy mercy hear Hear our our prayer for all those departed this life for the recently departed and those whose years mind comes at this time rest eternal grant unto them O Lord and let light perpetual shine upon them Grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our prayer. prayer. Let us commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father,
2: accept accept these these prayers. prayers for the the sake sake of Thy Son, son, our our Saviour Jesus Jesus Christ.
5: Christ. Amen. Amen.